Good morning, you lovely people. Now, I'm sorry that I can't be with you in person this morning, um, but modern technology means that we can still be together. Now, this morning, I am going to be continuing to look at our value of relationship and the importance of belonging in the small. Now, for anyone who knows me, knows that I'm extremely passionate about small groups. And you may be thinking that that's all I'm going to be referring to this morning, but it's not going to be. I'm talking about all the places where we are intentional with each other, where we give each other permission to speak into the lives of one another as we gather around Jesus. I'm talking about prayer triplets, you know, young mums who are meeting to share their experiences. I'm meeting and gathering with others for meals around a table. Now, I don't know about you, but I love Sunday mornings, especially pre-COVID, when the auditorium would be full of people gathered to worship God, united together in Christ. However, there would often be those times where I would look around the room and see people I'd never seen before, let alone spoken to. Only to discover later that they'd actually been uh, attending church for several years. You know, in a church our size, you cannot possibly know everyone and therefore trying to maintain those really meaningful deep relationships with people you perhaps see only once a week sometimes less is actually really difficult however biblically we are called to gather together as community with each other now god himself is in community three persons in one the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, who exist in this perfect unity. And therefore, it's not surprising that from the beginning, God created us to be in community with each other. Genesis 2.18 states this, It is not good for man to be alone. Now, this passage is often used in the context of marriage, but it also speaks to our fundamental need to connect with others in the human community. But what is interesting about this statement is that God actually makes it before the fall, where there is no sin yet, where there is no disobedience. Man is in perfect intimacy with God. And yet God declares that man being alone is not good. Now, a US professor and writer, uh, Dr. Gilbert, points out, he says this. Community is deeply grounded in the nature of God. It flows from who God is. Because he is in community, he creates community. It is his gift of himself to humans. Therefore, the making of community may not be regarded as an optional decision for Christians. It is a compelling and irrevocable necessity, a binding divine mandate for all believers at all times. Now, Jesus himself modelled this. There were all sorts of people around him and travelling with him. But in the middle of all these crowds, 
Jesus formed a community of 12 disciples, a community who, who ate together, travelled together, confided in each other, challenged each other, encouraged each other, loved each other and served each other. And as Adam pointed out a couple of weeks ago, they were also a group of people who were very different from each other, not a group who would normally be in relationship with one another, but a community with a sense of belonging. And before Jesus is arrested and he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's these people he had chosen to eat with, that he asked to stay with him, to pray with him, and to pray for him. Now these apostles continued Jesus's model and formed a community of believers who loved God and loved one another. Now despite incredible persecution and against all odds, this ragtag group of Jesus followers launched these small communities, i.e. church, that proclaimed the gospel and in fact changed the world forever. And when we look at the early church, we get a picture of the small communities of people who followed Jesus together. And the book of Acts, especially Acts 2, 42 to 47, gives us a great picture of the early church and the components of biblical community, which encompass both time in the temple courts, but also in the house to house. I'm just going to read it to you. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favour of all people. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now these believers engaged in life together through teaching, fellowship, communion, prayer, miracles, radical generosity and corporate worship. They spent time together, eating, learning, celebrating, excuse me, proclaiming the good news and supporting each other. It was a place where those people felt loved, forgave, served, bore burdens, encouraged, exhorted, prayed, equipped, spoke truth in love and confessed sins and treated each other as the precious members of one body. They had that sense of belonging, but they were a diverse bunch of people. They were Jews and Gentiles, rich and poor, slaves and slave owners, all gathered around Jesus. And this community, this is what we are called to do. Now, God never intended us to live this Christian life on our own. In the Bible, in the New Testament, there are over 50 one another verses love one another, teach one another, encourage one another, serve one another, and the list goes on. But how can we do these things if we don't have intentional close relationships or friendships with each other? How can we live these out outside a church context 
unless we've experienced them. God calls us to love, you know, not in an abstract or superficial way, but in a deep face to face, life on life transformative way, which is often difficult and messy, but actually it can be so much fun. Now, to grow in our faith and our understanding of who God is, we need to spend time with others who are trying to do the same. You know, discipleship doesn't happen in isolation. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. God uses people to form people. And the Spirit just longs to be powerfully at work in every encounter that we have. Hannah spoke last week about this very thing, about who we are learning from. Who are these different and diverse voices that we are listening to? Especially if we only surround ourselves with people who are similar to us. Yes, we will grow, but not very much. We need to intentionally share life with people from different backgrounds. We need to hear different stories. We need to be challenged. We need to be encouraged. We need to be taught to enable us to grow. Now, one of the primary ways in which we do this at YCC is through the small groups. And we completely understand that these are not the only contexts, but, they do allow for that mutual edification to take place. It's easy to depend upon the professionals to give us our spiritual food. However, God gives us spiritual gifts. He gives them to all believers, not just the person who preaches on a Sunday morning. We all have something to bring into those different contexts. Now, I know that there'll be some of us that feel that we have nothing to bring or very little. Um, and often it's those people who actually carry the most beautiful gifts. So I really want to encourage you this morning, just because you don't feel like you've got anything to give. I can promise you it's not true. I have been that person who thought on a Sunday morning, I can't get up and pray for other people. I can't get up and stand and do a talk. I really did not believe that I had those kind of gifts. But I've been encouraged. People have invested in me. And I want to encourage you that we all have something to give. And we all have something to learn. Because even when we look around us and we look at people who seem to have it, all sorted, got it all together. They all need something too. Now these gifts that God has given us are for the benefit of the whole church. And at YCC, I think we believe that one of these ways that it happens most naturally and effectively and purposefully are in our small groups. You know, my small group is a diverse mixed bag of wonderful people who are from different backgrounds, different political views, different cultures and different stages in their faith journey. 
you know, some people's biblical knowledge and theological understanding is absolutely incredible. And some have this natural gift of being able to hear and sense this, what the Spirit is saying, which is amazing. And some just have the ability to say the right thing at the right time. And we share in each other's joy and sorrow. We have so much fun and laughter together. But we're there to hold each other accountable and to challenge each other. And I have learned so much about who God is and who I am being called to be in Christ as I have listened to their wisdom. And I've been given space to process our discussions. I belong. Now, this would never have happened had I surrounded myself with people who were just like me. However, I know for some of us that the idea of being open and vulnerable with others is actually too scary or threatening. And so we choose to hold back. We hold back from accountability, from being truly known or investing in knowing someone at a deeper level. You know, it's much easier and much more convenient to just stay on the surface, to hide behind a mask and to keep our distance. Now, I know because I've done it. But our soul, the deepest part of us, cries out for connection. A connection with God and each other. And it does this because that is who we are created to be. When we take the risk of being authentic with a group of people, we can experience God's love and grace through others, which in turn leads to connection and freedom and transformation, where we find a place where we belong. As much as I love gathering as a whole church to worship and hear God's word, there is something extremely powerful about a more intimate gathering around a living room or fire pit or sharing a meal or even over Zoom that forces us to think differently than when we're in a big auditorium full of people. It allows for conversation, feedback and questions you know, not something that we actually see or are able to do during a sermon on a Sunday. It gives us the opportunity to discuss the theology taught, where it can be fleshed out, processed through open conversation, and then put into action in our own lives. We're not supposed to do this whole faith thing on our own. In 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says... Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Now here, Peter uses the word someone, not a group of people. The enemy's plan is not to wipe out a whole group of people, but to pick us off one by one. Like most predators who focus on the prey that is not with the rest of the pack. Well, that's why I believe that small groups are so important. Whether you meet in someone's living room, in a coffee shop, online, in a pub or a community group, it provides an opportunity to meet with others 
who are also walking this incredible journey. A place where you will be missed if you're not there and noticed by people who care for you. It's where we can be part of a family, knowing our value as sons and daughters of God. Now, a couple of weeks ago, um, Adam spoke about our need to invest in our relationships with others. Just as Jesus did with his disciples, we have to be willing to invest our time and energy. We have to be prepared to put others first. The people we share our lives with won't always agree with us and it can be difficult and it can be challenging. But when we have those connections in community, we are responding to God's invitation to be part of his family, to belong and to join in. Now at YCC, we want everyone to feel welcome, connected and known. And we are a large church, you know, hundreds of people. Knowing everyone on a deep and meaningful level is impossible. Therefore, our small groups, our intentional relationships with each other are crucial. Crucial to the pursuit of Jesus, our growth in Christ and faith, and how we interact with the world around us. Small groups are an integral part of being the church and not just doing church. They are an integral part of being the church, not just doing church. You know, none of our groups are perfect, but it, they are where life is lived, where we have fellowship, where we are able to disciple each other in our walk with Jesus. They are a place from which we can make a difference in our families, in our workplaces, and wherever else we engage or connect or impact the lives of others. Now, in a moment, um, I'm going to just share uh, a little video where I've asked people um, just how they find meeting in the small or small groups. And I just want to share that with you. But before we do watch that, I just want to challenge you with a couple of questions. Who are the people that you are sharing life with and living out this faith with? Who are the people you are sharing life with and living out this faith with? And my second question. In what ways is God challenging you to be more real? more accountable or more committed. God bless. Lisa has given me 60 seconds to talk about the importance of small groups, which I'm really happy to do because that's where my heart has always been at for the church. Well, I say that. Uh, I grew up as an atheist. I became a Christian in my early 20s. But the church I was in at that point in London, um, I was put in charge or co-charge of a small group within about a year of, of me becoming a Christian. And I think that's not because I was any sort of spiritual superhero, that goes without saying. But I think the people around me recognised that if I was going to make sense of things, 
that was the place to do it, not on my own, uh, because God's plans are much wider than just saving individual human beings and then leaving them there. And not in a big Sunday service, because that's more about celebration and about giving you something to think about during the rest of the week. We actually engage with things, we work things out in relationship with a small number of people. That's where you can be honest, that's where you can stop playing a part and just be yourself. And uh, Helen and I found much the same to be true once we were married. Uh, we were in a small Anglican church in Leicestershire and we went to a small group. And it was that bunch of people that supported us and loved us. And it was really practical, not just with words. Um, I'm not going to pretend it was easy. I remember once having a blazing uh, row with an old boy about, you know, uh, gendered language in worship songs. But we did love each other. And because loving people doesn't always mean agreeing with them, I kind of found that to be true to this day. I'm a sort of a lefty pacifist kind of person. I don't expect everyone to share my worldview. Um, after all, if we can't agree what's the best football club in the world, which of course is Manchester United, how can we possibly agree on politics and faith and all these much more important things? I've always believed that God calls us to unity, not to uniformity. Um, obviously, he calls us primarily to love one another, despite our mistakes and our differences. And I feel that in a small group, that's where we try to sort this out. We live our lives together and that is where we learn to love. To me, is uh, community is for us to be together as one. Is not to do th anything alone, but with uh, one another. Is to support one another. Is to be connected as a church, as people, as a community. So I would encourage you to join a small group if you are not in one yet. And uh, yes, bless you. And it's nice to say hello to everyone. <laughs> okay, so small groups. Wow, they're just a time at the end of every Monday for us just to stop, um, sit down as a couple and just feel loved by people in the church. We get prayed for, uh, we get to pray for other people. We get to invest a little bit more of ourselves in other people's lives and we can just catch up um, and have lots of fun. So thanks to my small group. So what does the small groups mean to me? Small groups mean to me uh, now to gather with people who are not my family, but our family. Um, being on the leadership team, I, people put things on me, labels on me, and, and I can go to small group, and if I'm sleepy, I can fall asleep. Um, or I can just sit there and eat biscuits, or I can get involved and chat. And it's, it's lovely because it's people who are willing to pray for me, willing to hear how I'm doing on a regular basis, and I can update, and they care and wonder how I am and it's yes yeah, it's, it's sweet it's come on so I love our small group um, because it's diverse there's so many different people from different backgrounds and different cultures and different opinions and different ideas and we all get to share life together but there's this beautiful trust between us so that we that we trust each other to um, to be honest with each other, to be vulnerable with each other, to hold each other accountable, to laugh with each other and cry with each other. And, and we get to have food together, we get to have fun together, we get to have laughter together. We have a great time. And um, I love our small group because it's where we do life. 
So I absolutely love my small group. We meet every Monday, which is really into our routine now. Um, we have a range of people and the Callahans are amazing at leading it. We do really like different things every week. Um, sometimes we, we're doing the prayer course at the moment, but we have meals, we chat. Um, I know that I can always be open and honest and bring what I struggle with or bring what I'm fairly good at. And we just all share and it's, it's such a lovely environment. Love being part of a small group. Um, Steve and I joined one last summer and it's been an absolute lifeline for us. Um, we've been watching church online, but there's nothing more special than actually just getting together and talking to people, sharing life together, just being really vulnerable with people. And as our relationships have grown, we've been able to be a lot more honest with one another. And we've got a prayer group that we do WhatsApp messages on. So it's just a lifeline and I just highly recommend it.